Coffee Break with Weos Creative. I'm Don Finnerty. I'm here today with Rob Van Dyne and Ty Thorngate. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Donnie. Well, that was awfully nice of you, Rob. I would like to jump right in because we're going to have a battle here today. This is going to be a full-fledged brawl. Did you bring today, your sword? Yeah. We're going to talk about the difference between traditional media marketing and digital media marketing. And these two guys represent both sides of it. Rob was uh, around when newspaper first came out. The first newspaper in the <laughs> New United Citizen States. Justin. The first newspaper in the United States was in Boston, Massachusetts in 1690. Rob, do you remember that newspaper? Rosebud. Rosebud. <laughs> 230 years later, in 1920, radio came to the United States. And Rob, you like to say, what about radio? It's red hot. It's red hot. <laughs> 1928, TV hit the airwaves in the United States, but we didn't have TV marketing yet. There was no marketing, just broadcast. The first advertisement in television was for Boulevard Watch, and that was in 1941. Going to fast forward to... August 6, 1991. Gentlemen, tell me what happened on that day. Ty, were you born? I was. Oh, thank you. I was three years old. <laughs> three years old. For Ty's third birthday, they started the World Wide Web, just in honor of you. Al Gore. Yeah, right. I remember. <laughs> 1994 <laughs> is when it started changing because that was the first real active widespread browser. Netscape came out. Also in 1994, we saw the introduction of Yahoo and... In that same year, we saw the very first banner ad. That was the first time Rob Van Dyne ever got scared because he started thinking, wait a minute, if these banner ads are coming out, what am I going to do with TV and radio and newspaper? But didn't have to worry yet because in 2005, MySpace came out. We all know how incredibly successful MySpace was. Um, Ty, did you have a MySpace? <laughs> Again. <laughs> Actually, I did have a MySpace. That was the first social. I'm going to back that up because okay. of our coughing cameraman. That loud beep was because of the foul language coming from our cameraman. <laughs> in 2005, MySpace came out, and that changed the world. Ty, did you have a MySpace? I had a MySpace. You really did? I did, yeah. It was the first social media I was on. Wow, that was way too juvenile for me to have. Rob, did you have one? Your band? I had MySpace. It was in the basement. That, that where they, they... <laughs> Oh, do you still have your, my, your, your space? Or I, you yes, it's a couch I share with you. the dogs. Yes. <laughs> Rob's MySpace is a couch he shares with the dogs. MySpace didn't really do too well, but it did last until 2008. In 2004, something else started. The Facebook. The Book of Faces. The Facebook. Mark Zuckerberg came out with it, but it wasn't until October of 2012 that he reached one million. By then, the world has changed. So, Rob, back in the day when you and I were young, should be a song. You have anything? Sing for me. I'm trying to. Th I'm yeah, trying to I, recall, I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. Yes, but back when we were young, you had just a few ways of marketing. If you wanted to advertise, you advertised on TV, newspaper, radio, or billboard. What was it like back then when we ruled the world? It was great. It was great. You know, I, I had a sandwich board. I just used to walk up and down Main Street in downtown Wheeling. Tell me a little bit about your background, Rob, with radio. What did you do in radio? Uh, I started in 1977 as a, a salesperson at WWVA, Big that Country. the country station. Everybody listened. So you were selling advertisement. Not just in the Wheeling area. If you were on WWVA, that reached on Saturday night all the way down to Florida. So where all did 18 you 18 states and six Canadian provinces. Wow. That was a huge market. Big I mean, in Saskatoon. <laughs> <laughs> 
back then, there was. Did we have anything else that you could spend money on and reach that far? Not locally, no. So it was a great opportunity for for people that could get their product out. Yes. And you spent most of your time selling to to those crazy preacher shows that used to be out. Uh, well, we had we had a religious block. We also had a truckers block. From whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, what's a truckers block? It, it, back before satellite radio, there was uh, there there were approximately eight stations, eight clear channel stations. Not the company. This, Rock keeps hitting his microphone because he likes to talk with his hands. He's a very excited guy. Yeah, talks about uh, marketing. But these were stations that their frequency. They were the only stations that were on the air at that time. Hence, after sunset, their signals went for thousands of miles, and they banded together to carry truckers programming for the over the road truck driver at night. Uh, so you could literally buy eight stations and cover the the entire wow. United States. Uh, in the evening hours, with you know, with a with a radio broadcast, and they were so, targeting truckers because they were all over the United States driving at night. They were the again, yeah. Who, but again, on a national level, who consistently is up between midnight and five a.m. Um, so, these days, like half the world with yeah. insomnia, all the pressure yeah. we're under. Wow. So you you also not only sold radio, you also sold TV. I, I if I understand correctly, you've never truly been a. Uh, a fan of newspaper sales. You've always believed in the over-the-air media. Is um, that true? I, I admit to a bias against print, yes. Which hurts me because I started in print. So, <laughs> you know, my humble beginnings, Rob, just shoving down the, the drain. But. So, so Ty, yeah, you've basically been wrong your entire life. <laughs> <Yeah>. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Ty, when you say you started out in print, you started out with newspaper. What did you do? Sales. Sales. Yeah. I, out of college, I uh, well, I mean, I came home and couldn't find a job. I worked at Lowe's for a while. Um you know, that wonderful degree that I got at WVU. But uh, after that, my first actual job was doing newspaper sales to the intelligencer. So I'd like to dedicate this to George Carlin. <laughs> I don't know if you pick up on that. Rob swallowing. <laughs> what I'm curious to, to know is uh, whatever made either one of you guys qualified to do content for media, you started out just selling the stuff. Other brilliant people created the content. No. No, not really. Not the newspaper either. No, yeah. you were. I mean, you were tasked. You could sell the ad, but ultimately, when they came back of what's the ad going to look like, what you're going to do, you scribbled it on a piece of paper and handed it to one of the designers. And, and I believe with Rob, you not only sold it, you concepted it, you wrote it, and you probably aired it yourself. No, I mean we we had production is it, people. Is it because you again, have a voice for I, newspaper? No, I have a face for radio. Uh, but we would do. Uh, in a lot of cases, I would write the spot after meeting with the client. We'd come up with an idea. Would write the spot uh, and then you know turn it over to the production people. Uh, in some cases, I'd work with the with the production people that, that hey, this is what we're we're looking for. But so uh, you would write it, somebody else would voice it, and it'd go out on the air. Yeah, somebody you know, that actually has a real voice. Somebody yes. who has a somebody like well, I don't know, like Ty. That's why Ty's never on the radio, right? So, you know, Rob writes scripts, and uh, I, I will admit he's the bane of my existence because um, no matter what I come up with, he has a clever script that he wants to write. I do think he reaches back in the past and pulls things out from 1976. Uh, were any, was anyone else in this room alive in 1976? I was wow. a gleam in my old man's eye at that wow. point. I was in school. I, uh, yeah, I was. That was the bicentennial of the United States of America. It was. We and actually, I was old. there at the beginning. He was there at the yeah. beginning. 
Ben and I, Ben told me to go fly a kite. But uh. Rob also started a, a corporation called uh, Barbasol Advertisement. He <laughs> now that used to be the thing. It was I mean, Burma Shave. Burma Shave. That's right. Burma yeah. Shave. Burma Shave was for those of you who don't remember or aren't aren't old enough to know. Burma Shave was a series of small plaques. It would be. Um, a message you would read a word or two, and then a half mile later you'd read another word. And by the time you drove 420 miles, you read something like, you know, by Burma Shade. So wait, these were billboards? Yeah, Mini little billboards. road signs that were they were about probably 50 yards apart. And you said like a couple letters. I've never heard. Yeah. Of, I've never heard. Oh, of it. it would be like Nita, close shave, uh-huh. try, Burma Shave. Gotcha. See how he rhymed that? Yeah. That's pretty good. Right. So, Rob, TV. TV ruled almost my entire life until digital started. And digital, even though digital really started, uh, you know, being being used around 2012, we, we didn't really know much about digital. The average person didn't. We saw banner ads. We didn't pay much attention to them. So here's an interesting thing. When I was, I graduated college in 2011. Of what we do now, or what I do here at Wheelhouse did not exist. In 2011. Wait, 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 what do you do here at Wheelhouse? Yeah, really? I, yeah, right? I just take up a seat. I'm just a warm body that, uh, you know, if you need someone to yell at, I'm here. No, but, you know, the, the Facebook advertising. When I was in college, you had to have a, a college email to even sign up for Facebook. So I remember I thinking how uncool it was when people like Rob or you were, were joining Facebook and, like, ruining my experience. But there was, there was no advertising Sorry. on Facebook. I didn't know we ruined the um, experience. There were search ads. Um, on, on Google, but if you think back to like what websites looked like in 2011, I don't know if websites really designed to have advertising on them. So yeah, what we do now here at Wells did not yeah. exist when I went to college. That was seven years ago. I want to jump right into the battle part because I, I enjoy watching the two of you fight it out. I'm hoping that our, our listeners hear a little bit of this and our viewers see a little bit of the blood flying. Um, the big thing in marketing is nobody sees it. It doesn't do any good. So the old saying, the old adage that Rob used to tell me every so often was that 50% of your marketing works, 50% doesn't. The tough thing is figuring out what part is what. Right. So that makes it kind of difficult. So you guys started doing, back with TV, the whole thing, you started doing targeting. How did you target for TV? And Ty, what's different with how you target for digital? Let's start with Rob. How, how did you target? Well, uh, you again, you... I base it off of the Nielsen ratings. I thought you based it all off of Vanna White's popularity. <sighs> Vanna, oh yes, uh, but no. Again, you know, I'll look at the at the Nielsen ratings uh, to determine you know who's watching what particular shows. There's also you can then get into. Uh, I still refer to them as Scarborough, though somebody else bought them as well, which which takes the psychographic of of who that viewer is. So you may find that the the particular viewer uh, that might be a 45-year-old woman, you can also find that she may particularly like, you know, camping or, you know, other activities like that. Well, I would think if they like psychographic, they were probably part of Woodstock. <laughs> different, <laughs> different things. Sorry, sorry. But you then I, I take that information and you, you can then see – in particular, what kind of products that would appeal to them. Uh, and then that's where we direct our ads, our clients' ads into those programs. Like, okay, let's say we have a product that we're selling to, say, uh, 60, 58 to 65-year-old couples. Where would I place it on TV? What are you advertising? Yeah, I want to know the product. Mm, uh, now we're getting particular. Um, life insurance. They're too old. They're, They're too old anyway. for their children. <laughs> Uh, 
so again, if I'm going to make some assumptions that they're probably, if they're they're concerned about their their children, uh, they're probably a slightly more educated. Uh, not that uneducated people don't they're, care about their children, but again, concerned. if they're if they're worried about the financial concerns for for their children, uh, there's a there's a pretty good chance they're probably affluent, a little more affluent than average. There's probably a better chance that they're a little more educated than average. So locally here, I would then look at uh, probably news programming. Uh, if I'm on cable, I would look at. Uh, Programs such as as history, uh, again the news networks, the uh, you know the Fox News is the uh, the CNN and other fake news. So uh, I never considered that you think those things. You 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 try to factor in whether or not they're educated and if they're concerned. Uh, you base this on the demographic you're going after and the product you're selling. And again, yeah, what you know what you're telling me. So I'm making these assumptions. So you're uh, like Mr. Science. I don't know either that. We, or, we really thought you were he just looks a like pretty a science face. teacher, kind yeah. of right? Uh, with a face like that, we, <laughs> <laughs> I, I had no idea you put that much thought into it. I mean, I didn't think you put that much thought into anything. Um, you have to realize, Rob and I go back twenty years, so um, uh, I'm usually on the end, the the down brunt end of these beatings. Today, I get to be the one dishing out the beating. Ty, what's the, the difference? <laughs> I'm the beater. What's the difference? You're still you're targeting. It's it's kind of the age. same thing. I think I'm just going a little bit more in depth than that. Um, if we're going to talk about money level, right? We said they care about their finances or they're interested in finances. Um, you know, Facebook and Google allow me to target based off household income. Um, same thing when you said they're affluent. I can, I can target people on Facebook and Google that uh, went to college, that graduated college. What I would also do is start targeting people that interact with things online, like life insurance companies. I can break down each individual company and say, I want to target people that have liked the page of a life insurance uh, company or have shared a post from a life insurance company. I can target people that go onto Google that search for life insurance. How do you target that? How do you find those people? I mean, that sounds like you're just making stuff up. I mean, there's just a, there's a back end to advertising on Facebook. It's called Facebook Ad Manager, where basically um, – you create a custom audience, and within that audience is where you have this criteria. So, um, again, on Facebook, someone puts, I went to West Virginia University. I graduated from West Virginia University. So I'm targeting people that have already said that they are those people. Uh, so it's, it's kind of doing what Rob does, just a little bit more in depth. How, where Facebook is now not allowed to use, what, third-party data? So How does that affect what we do? There was a lot. So at one point, um, you could target people based like people that have credit cards, right? Credit card companies were selling your info mm-hmm. to Facebook. Uh, so you know, Glessner, for example. Glessner is one of our clients. When we would do, uh, let's just say, a, a home insurance ad, I could target people that recently just bought homes because the credit companies were selling that info back to Facebook. So it was, it was very easy. It's it's harder for us now because all I can do are target people that are maybe interested in buying homes or looking at Realtor.com or Zillow or one of our local um, one of the local companies that sell homes, one of our local realtors. So that's it's kind of put a roadblock in the way, but there's a way around it. It's just I guess it's not as, as highly targeted as it was before. So when somebody comes into Wheelhouse and they want to advertise and they have no idea how they want to advertise, which most of our clients – have some kind of a, a grasp on how they want to target people, but not all of them. So when they come in and they don't have any idea if they want to be on TV or radio or Facebook or a digital ad, 
how do you guys figure out the best approach for them? Well, this is where Rob and I always fight because I would say don't spend your money on any of the traditional ways. Uh, I think I'm highly, I'm more effective and can make you more money by doing the digital side. But normally, Rob and I try to meet somewhere in the middle, fifty-fifty. But Rob, do you think he's a little bit biased just just because he has the facts on his side? Just, no, I, I I challenge that. It, it, it a lot depends. Okay, it depends on on who the target audience is. Uh, the Ohio Valley, I am the face of the Ohio Valley. The Ohio Valley is an older market. Uh, so it, I think it tends to skew a little more towards uh, traditional advertising, still still has it, a strong grasp here in the Valley. Uh, so it depends who you want to reach. Okay, if, if it's a, uh, a younger demo, uh, there's probably a, a lot of areas, you know, where I'm going to recommend and say, yeah, we, we probably need to go with, you know, with uh, social media or, or, or digital advertising. But if it's, if it's an older audience that you're looking for, uh, I think, you know, the traditional, again, you know, we do a lot of newspaper advertising. We do a lot of, uh, you know, billboard advertising along with radio and TV. It really depends what they're selling and who they want to sell it to. And that's how, and again, Ty and I, we're, we're supposed to be adversaries. We're not. Uh, <laughs> yes, they, are. they fight all the time. You we, should uh, hear this. It's wonderful. Uh, but, actually. you know, it's, we, it's we, we work together uh, because it, it's not just traditional. It's not just digital. It, it's a blend uh, that's really going to work best for the clients. Okay, so it used to be if you wanted to sell toys, you advertised on TV Saturday morning, because it used to be Saturday morning, everybody played cartoons. You knew the kids were going to be there. Selling toys now. How do you market toys? I mean, look, we had Toys R Us just went out of business. Oh, Obviously, they point. weren't selling their pro- – they were doing commercials and doing stuff in the newspaper and not advertising to people in digital. I mean, so this is where I, I – where Rob and I do go back and forth because that's why I just – I got this stat from Google a little bit ago. But 79% of online seniors – and these are counting people that are 65 and older – are actually on Facebook. Now, could we say that there's a higher percentage? So something over 79% of people 65 and older are listening to the radio every day. Yes. I'm not in that demographic. I listen to the radio. Does that just because I'm an oddball? Well, I, I just think we, we have this. Radio mindset. hits 92% of the population. That's what the radio week. says. Oh, did you got? Did, I don't know. You probably couldn't hear it. As, as opposed to the roll? Google information you're providing? Yeah, because I feel like that's actually trackable. I don't know how. Whoa, 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 whoa. I, you just said trackable. I, how dare you trackable say Trackable by Google. Tell, tell, me, tell me how you market, how you determine success of your marketing. You put something out on TV. How do you know how many people saw it? How do you know how many people didn't go to get a snack or go to the restroom? You don't. You don't. Did the register ring? I mean, that was one of my things. Okay. I have some issues here with traditional. One of it was that it's just you can't measure. You can't track it like you can with sure online. Sure it is. Results. Yeah, but results. You, you it's, all, it's all results. You can't, you can't track it in terms of like how many widgets did I sell because I had this television now. You did, can't do that. Did you sell widgets? Yeah, did you but, sell more widgets than you did before? I, but I just think there, there's, there's a further rabbit hole to go down in terms of business other than like, did I just sell widgets? I want to know how many widgets I sold, who they were, what state they came from, how old they are. What they're right. describing is a basic version of A-B testing. You know, you're, you're using all these different methods to advertise, and one of them obviously is working for you because you're selling a product and one of them isn't. So in the traditional 
media, it's kind of difficult to do A-B testing unless you do it over a long period of time. What is A-B testing and, and how can you track? What's the difference between uh, paper impression and paper click? So, I mean, when you're paying for impressions, you're basically saying, I'm willing to pay, you know, $10 and we'll just say $10. I'm willing to pay $10 to reach 1,000 people. Um, but when you do pay-per-click, you're basically saying, I don't want to be charged for this ad unless someone interacts with it, clicks, and goes to my website. So people see it, and you're not billed. Right. You pay when they click on right. it. So when they click on it, you, where do they go? When I click on an ad on Facebook or anywhere, where does it take me? I um, mean, there could be a landing page that was specifically built for that ad, or it could just take you to a general website for more information. Uh, what most companies are doing now are building specific landing pages for ads. I'd like to talk about one of our clients that we had some tremendous success for in the, the past couple of years, Ogilvy Park. Ogilvy Park, unfortunately, for a long number of years, um, was in decline as far as attendance. They, they had things uh, along the line of the Festival of Lights. You know, it's a system that it, it's a program that had been out for 30 plus years. Uh, though they updated it, it was seen by just about everybody and people just weren't going. We decided to start marketing these things. Our first real success was 4th of July. Uh, a year or two ago, and what did we do differently on that fourth for that Fourth of July that got us there? Rob and I worked together. <laughs> All right, tell me how you worked together. That's a, that's how it worked. I mean, um, we, we tried something different this time, where we were looking where traffic was coming from, um, where their bookings were coming from, and Rob purchased his traditional media based off the statistics and the info that I was getting online from Google. Oh, so you're saying the two of you actually worked together from time to time? It was just this one time. That was just it. that one time. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Every day. Every day. So you got statistical information based on what you found online. Yep. About well, and also what we had received, the uh, the data from the previous month from Ogilvy. Right, the, where their bookings were yeah, coming from. You know, so they, what you're telling me is you specifically targeted audiences that you knew were interested in the past. Areas. Yes. Areas. Yes. yes. Areas. Geographic areas where... It uh, goes back to the old adage of Willie Sutton, why did he rob banks? It's because where the, money, where the was. money was. Yeah. It's why are you advertising in this in this particular area? It's because that's where the Ogilvy customers are from. So I'm trying to guess, does that mean my camera is dead? Yeah. So you guys talk. I'm not going to talk anymore. If I'm not on camera, why, why would I talk? I think you have to wait 12 minutes for that to cool down or something. No, it's a Oh, we will take a slight pause. So we had a slight technical difficulty there. This is only our second blog. No, no, no. Don't even say it. Just go. Here we are. We're back. And we're back. I'm here with Rob Van Dyne and Ty Thorngate, both of Wheelhouse Creative, both marketing media specialists. Rob is old school. He does traditional media. Ty is new school. Oh, I thought you were going to say real school. Hmm. New school. Ty's new school. He's digital marketing. These two fight like cats and dogs. Both believe passionately in their, their uh, approach to the craft. And me, I'm just one of the guys who creates the product, and really, we're the ones that count. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Okay, so they're not necessarily all agreeing with me, but um, my video crew's giving me thumbs up. Now, it's a team effort. Everything we do here is a team effort. I would like for uh, everybody to understand one thing before we go into our, our next step of this, our next phase, and that is that we at Wheelhouse are doing great work. I think we're the best marketing firm advertising firm in the entire region. But I don't want you to take my word for it. I want you to prove it. Prove it for yourself. Check out our work on our website, wheelhousecreativellc.com. If you don't agree, write Rob Van Dyne or Ty Thorngate and tell them. <laughs> what also, we're doing wrong. <laughs> yeah, tell them what they're doing wrong. Remember to like us on Facebook, too, under Wheelhouse Creative. Guys, I want to go back to... Actually, if, if we're doing our job right, 
you don't have to go to the website. You've already seen it. You've mm-hmm. already seen wow. it. Wow. Like I said, check us out. So I'd like to go back hey, to check us out. Ogilvy um, Festival of Lights, uh, just real quick again. Recently, this past Festival of Lights season, um, the powers that be came to us and said, we're doing fine with local marketing. We have all the people we local people we need. We need to just drop all local advertisement. We want to concentrate on outside of the area. And Rob Van Dyne was in that meeting, and he said, trust me, you don't want to drop TV. And they said, no, listen to us, drop TV. So we did. It was a couple weeks later, they came back to us, and they said, "Um, we're not getting local people. What can we do to get local people? And we said, advertise on local TV. So we did. We went back on TV right away, and all of a sudden, those numbers grew. So I want to be clear. I'm a... Uh, you know, I'm old school, but I'm also very aware of digital and the power of digital, and I think that is where our future is. Uh, like it or not, that's where I went with my camera. I shot film my whole life, vast majority of my career. Nearly 40 years I shot with a uh, with a film camera. Now everything's digital. I think that's where we're going. But as Rob pointed out earlier, we do live in a bit of a bubble here. The High Valley, uh, the Wheeling area, we watched all of our millennials, or the uh, a whole lot of them, graduate from college and leave the area. Some came back. Now we have a new generation coming up. They're the 24-year-old and under. These are people who always had digital media as their number one source of media, number one source of entertainment. They grew up not watching broadcast TV. So the world's changing. Here in the High Valley, we still have a little bit of both of it. So what was it like with Ogilvy when they said, uh, we don't need to advertise on TV? What, what were your thoughts, Rob? I, actually, I can see it in your eyes. Well, uh, I, as I tell every client when I, we, we first meet with them, I will always give you my opinion, and I'll always do what you say. So, again, we, I disagreed with them, and we did what they said. I mean, the, uh, the thing with, with any advertising, it's, it's all about frequency of message. Uh, you want to find your target audience, and you want to, to touch them with, with your message as many times as possible. I mean, you know, when, when you're looking at advertising, it's, it's reach how many people you're reaching and it's frequency and, and where, uh, we try to go the the next notch up is that in our reach, we want to be as defined with that reach. It's not that we just want to reach the masses. We want to reach the masses that, want to use your product and again with with festival of light lights when we're we're looking locally everybody knows everybody in the ohio valley has probably been to the festival of lights i mean it's it's the major tourist attraction in the valley every year uh it's a great wonderful family experience but unless it's at top of mind awareness unless you're told hey have you gone to festival of lights hey have you gone to festival of lights you just don't think about it. It's, it I never it's been think there. to eat a taco until I see a commercial or something that has a picture of a taco, and I think, wow, I'd love to have tacos. Talk of mind. And believe me, we're all glad that you do. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to point out that Ogilvy Park is, hands down, probably one of my absolute favorite clients. They, uh, they're great to work with. They are quick to listen to us. Like any client, they have their own ideas, and sometimes those ideas are, are based on information they get from people outside of the marketing world. So um, recently, Ty was uh, responsible for bringing on a, a new client. And, and I'll admit, I had my, um, my reservations as to how we were going to market this client because this is a client who didn't sell his product to just anybody. This is a client 
who sold his product, um, ATM machines. Point-of-sale systems, point credit of sales, cards. Credit cards. Yeah. Tell us who it is and tell us a little bit about what you put together. CMS Bank Card Services, a friend of mine, Dean Connors, owns. And like you said, they, um, they sell point. It's, it's a more business-to-business business. Uh, Business to business. Business to business. business. So in um, our client list, we really don't have a lot of business to business. What's more business to consumer? So I was – after bringing them on, I mean I was a little worried in terms of do we – do I have the capability? Can I, can I reach the right people? Um, so I did a little digging and obviously I did um, create my Facebook custom audiences – People that list their entrepreneurs, people that list their job titles as CEO, owner. Uh, but what I found on the, in the back end was there was a way that I could target people on Facebook that listed they were page admins. And what that means is these people run business pages on Facebook. So to be able to put, hey, I'm offering uh, you know, personalized point of sale systems and put that in front of people that actually own businesses is probably one of the best things you could do. That sounds pretty amazing to me. It sounds a little bit like Big Brother. I mean, you're... You're seeing into people's lives and basing how you're going to approach them on that. And I go back and forth. Like, and we, we talked about it the other day when we did uh, the, the Logo uh, podcast. That while people might be weirded out by Big Brother and feel uncomfortable about it, at the end of the day, I feel like we all like it because we're personalizing our experience. Absolutely. Ty, tell me a little bit about what are Google AdWords? So when you do a Google search, um, you know, say maybe I want men's wedding rings. I would do a Google search for men's wedding rings. And the top three placements on that page after you search for that will be advertisements before the organic listings underneath. So there are businesses. It's it's a live auction. There are businesses bidding on the keywords men's wedding rings. Now, that's, um, there's two different versions of that. You can do exact match. So I only want to have my ad show up when someone's searching for men's wedding rings. Now, some businesses might do broad match, where if, if someone men- mentions men, wedding, or rings, I want my ad to show up. So there's two different trains of thoughts there. I just want to get my ad in front of somebody that's interested in one of those three things, or I want to be very specific. I usually like to go the exact match route because I feel like it lowers your cost, and you're actually getting people that are interested in your ad, and you're not wasting money on someone searching for one of your three criteria. Sounds pretty cool to it's me. It's a basic way I can put it there. And how do you how do you buy these words? I mean, are all words the same price? No. It's, it's again, it's a live auction. So in the summertime, air conditioning is going to be a hot keyword. The cost is going to skyrocket. In the winter, air conditioning is going to be very cheap. No one's, inter- no one's search- actively searching for air conditioning. Ty, when you first came to Wheelhouse, uh, you in a previous life sold uh, the digital marketing for a car lot. Mm-hmm. And you told me that uh, anytime there was a hurricane that was headed our way, they would buy what and you would advertise what? So it wasn't – I worked for a car lot that also owned like ATV side-by-side businesses. Okay. So um, at the ATV side, they sold Hondas and Honda sells generators. So when there would be a storm locally uh, within you know 150-mile radius of here, we would be buying and targeting at the keywords towards the um – oh, shit. I completely forgot. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. In, in a previous life, Ty worked uh, for – I got it. Uh, a company and he's he's a moron no but in a, in a previous life i um w- it was generators we were selling honda generators that's what i forgot but uh when there would be a big storm or something we'd be buying for keywords for generators it was only during that time we would do that but uh same thing with, with facebook so you knew it was coming you knew people were going to need them right suddenly put it out there right. i mean and we're, we're doing that now for panhandle cleaning and restoration wow how do we do that for panhandle i say hey ty 
<laughs> there's a storm brewing here, but yeah, yeah. same concept. If it, you know, it's, there's going to be a deep winter freeze somewhere, we'll make sure we're pushing ads out that uh, deal with Panhandle. And if what happens if your pipes burst? I'll, so, I'll go back. Uh, talk about the good old days, and I don't know if uh, anybody in this room recalls. I'm not sitting on your lap. Boron had ice guard gasoline, and back in the old days of radio. When the temperature dropped below a certain level, we had a an automatic buy that went into effect saying, the temperature's going to drop below zero tonight. Wow. Make sure you fill up with boron ice guard. And that was just, that was the, the way they they targeted weather-related items. So when was the book in 1984 written? I mean, did they factor in the, the so, selling of boron? So again, now it, it's, it's the same idea, the same concept, except... It's extremely much more targeted that, you know, that we're, we're doing, you know, with, with digital with the clients. And, and again, it's being delivered. It's, it's the same message. It's just being delivered differently. Let me ask you guys a couple questions about how you would market something. One of our clients, Glessner. Glessner does wealth management. Glessner also does tax preparation. So, and insurance. And insurance. Yeah. So right now it's tax season. How are you going to market Glessner? How are you marketing them? So I'm targeting anybody that's interacting with TurboTax, um, H&R Block, Tax Slayer. I'm targeting people that are actively searching for how to do my taxes, tax tips. Anything related to taxes, those people are being served Glessner ads. But you're telling me we're only advertising Glessner digitally? Online, right. And, 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 and Gary, and, and, and what's I even, saw the billboard. What's even crazy? Well, okay, there are billboards for that. I, I will say that. I, I was thinking more in, te- in terms of television and I radio. caught him. Did you catch that? I just trapped him. Every once in a while. But uh, Gary even took it a step further this year and moved all of his digital spend to Facebook versus doing Google. Wow. What's the difference between Facebook and Google? I mean, as far as your, your spend goes in. Uh, I would say the spend's pretty consistent and and. I think one thing that Gary likes is on Facebook, he is seeing his stuff. I see. Right? You, you, you get to interact with your ads a lot. Where the search end, you're, you can't see it because you're not, you're not you're sitting not next to the person while they're searching. Got you. Let, let me ask, and, and I'll try to make this positive right. because – Here comes the fight. That's how I roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> how do, you, Rob, how do you deal with – again, when you're advertising on Facebook – uh, one of the the biggest concerns we always hear from our clients is if somebody says something negative about me, uh, how do we deal with that? So if someone says, oh, "I went to client," I want to jump in there. Yeah. We advertised. A, a, we we did a, a digital. We did a social media campaign when the Ohio County School was uh, put the school bond issue out. And uh, Ty and I got into a, a major fist fight because I said, we got to put pretty pictures of kids out. That's what we do. Ty said, I disagree. I said, do what I said. And Ty said, okay. The next day he came and he said, look, nobody cared. Nobody looked at our pictures. But he had all these negative comments. And they were primarily from men who were saying all these negative things about, I don't want my tax money going to the school. And my first thought was, do we bury those comments? What do you do, Ty? That's everyone's mindset for some reason. I don't understand why. It's like, oh, we have to hide the negativity. We have to delete the comments. I don't come from a a background of, let's delete the comment. For the Ohio County Schools uh, project, I just 
said, let's respond and educate. Let's, let's tell these guys why it's important that their tax dollars go. Let's not try to skirt around it or hide it. Let's just educate and tell them why this has to happen. And how did that uh, bond issue actually come out? It worked, and I rubbed your face in it. He, he still rubs my face in it, but he was so right and I was so wrong, I don't mind stepping up to that one. Project but, Best. But, but again, I understand where you know we're issuing a concern about a levy, but if I have a bad experience with a vendor... Not that our clients mm-hmm. ever have customers that have bad experiences. Uh, that's the wheelhouse guarantee. Uh, but if, read the disclaimer at the bottom of the page. If you, if somebody said, "I hey, I bought a vehicle off of you, and it it was the worst experience of my life," how do you how do you how do we recommend how do you go about dealing with that so there's two different ways um there's a ton of companies out there right now that sell that feature i will respond to every negative comment because it doesn't matter like go look at coca-cola's page go look at lowe's home depot any major brand there's going to either be a troll saying something negative or someone that's had a negative experience and every facebook page actually has a review section so i mean you're going to get reviews you're going to have negative reviews and i think either you just take it head on you apologize try to remedy the situation or you could, you know, farm it out to one of these companies that have some canned response. Oh, sorry, Terry, that you had a bad experience. Here's a $10 gift certificate. I think there's two different trains of thought there. You can, you can do either one. I think it's just take it head on, educate, apologize, and try to remedy the situation. So we don't recommend saying, where do you live, Terry? Right. <laughs> where, do you, where do you shop? Project Best, that's a, a kind of a difficult one, I would think, to, to market. They're encouraging people to get involved with the trades. They work with the construction uh, employers and the trades, both sides, and they put the two together. So how would you target people for a project best? Let's say, let's say right now they're wanting to encourage young people to consider a career in the trades. How do we go after young people? Well, the first thing I'm doing is not advertising on the TV or radio. <laughs> Rob, how do you do it? I would advertise on radio. Uh, Both of you, give me your reasoning. Rob, why would you advertise for – we're looking at people probably between the age of 20 and 27. Why, why, are, why would you go to radio? I want to know why you're going so old. Okay, 20 uh, to 25. I, I mean I, I would think our, our target for that would be – 16 to probably 24. He always disagrees with me, Todd. Uh, I have to agree with him on that, though. He's right. I was just grasping. Yeah. Again, you know, I think we're looking at, at, and again, why are you going to go spend and, you know, get the debt of a third world country by going to a four-year institution? Uh, Again, if you can go to a trade school uh, or, you know, go to a Learn to trade. So you're uh, saying you could put that get an apprentice program, and suddenly, you know, I'm 20 years old and I'm making 75 to 100 thousand dollars a year as an electrician, as a pipe fitter, uh, making great money. What kind and, of radio stations in the High Valley? What what kind of player and, are you and, and again, for? so I'll, I would look at the at the Nielsen data, you know, for radio stations. Uh, again, for 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 teens. Uh, I would skew heavier towards males than females, probably uh, 60-40 male towards female. I will point out that the trades are one of the few places in America, one of the few groups of a profession, where women make equal pay to men. But, uh, Just and again, I would, you know, I would look at that. And when you look at, at, uh, at time spent listening, uh, you know, it's still... That demo still, you know, relies heavily on on local FM radio. And in this corner, Ty Thorngate. 
Step one, I am going to geofence every single high school location in the valley. You can't what do does that. geofence mean? Why can't I do that? You're not allowed to geofence high schools. You should learn your trade. No. I'm geofencing high schools. I'm <laughs> targeting people that, that, that list their ages. Kids. I'm listing people that list their ages from 16 to 24. Now, I'm going to spend more of my budget on Snapchat and Instagram versus Facebook because that's where they are. Kids that age think Facebook is for old people. Well, it is. I'm on Facebook. My right. 87-year-old mother's on so, Facebook. Uh, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the social platform that I'm, the platforms that I'm going after. I think I can tell a story better on those through images and video than I can just a voice over the radio. And then I'm ultimately la- taking them to a landing page that's information about where you can sign up for trades. And when, uh, when we do that, I'm putting a retargeting code on that website. So as those people go around the Internet, which they're going to do because that's what they do all day long, they'll be served banner ads and Facebook ads about joining the trades again. Robinson Auto Group. <laughs> Robinson Auto Group. They're selling cars. Don't they're selling trucks. What, what? Oh, oh for crying out loud. He's back at it again. Cameraman going crazy. <laughs> What is this guy's problem? I mean, for God's sake. You can only hold it so long. Robinson Auto Group, they're selling cars, they're selling trucks, they're selling vans. They're selling to anyone who drives. How are we going to market that? Ty, I'll let you start this one. In my previous position, almost 50% of our sales were coming from posting things online, mostly on Facebook. And we tracked that because you can see I posted this car on Tuesday on Facebook and on Thursday it sold. It's very easily trackable, right? You can't really do that with, with any other platform. But to use the data that we had on the, on the back end where I could see that in the month of June, um, truck A had the most views on our website but wasn't sold yet. So I'm going on Facebook and pushing truck A three or four times a month until we get rid of it. Obviously, it's the most popular car we have. So people are telling us what cars to promote themselves. We're not deciding. I'm seeing it from based off, hey, this is our most popular searched car. And in the other corner... Wearing the blue trunks is Rob Van Dyne. You have lovely blue eyes, Rob. Thank you. One blue north, one blue west. <laughs> Tell me, Rob. Have Robinson Marty Feldman eyes, yes. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Robinson Auto Group, how are you going to market them? Uh, again, I'll rely. What Ty's saying is, is, is absolutely correct, okay, in terms of, you know, with, with the digital uh, and, and the social media, it, the, the ability, the target ability is, is so strong. It has replaced, in my opinion, the, the classified ads that you create. Uh, somebody has a, a need for, for an automobile or the desire for a new car or truck. Um, they're probably going to go to the uh, to the internet and uh, and begin to look for those vehicles. And that's another stat that I have here: eighty five percent of people research things online before buying a product. So that they uh, the strong digital presence is is absolutely critical. It, it, it's replaced the classified ads. We're now selling wood, but for Danoon lumber. You're going to let me finish. No, I wonder spanky. how you're going to jump into Danoon lumber. How are you going to advertise them? But what we have to do with with the automobile through radio again where you're going to reach them in the actual vehicle themselves or through tv is you're going to create the the demand you're going to create the desire to go online and look for the new vehicle the new truck he, he missed the, the, the tip where i fell asleep about 4 minutes ago but that's you know mm-hmm. where when you're looking at the buying funnel, the process, and I'm, my arms are crowded, and I'm not being confrontative. I just don't want to bang the mic anymore. <laughs> yeah. uh, he hits the microphone every 35 seconds. Uh, You'll hear it. Thud, thud. But the 
the buying funnel, the buying process is we need to put people in there by creating the want, the, the desire for that new car, new truck. And as you know, we, we push them down to where they now go and they're going to look online for, for a specific vehicle. This is one of those things where I think we honestly can work together. And what's great about putting a car on Facebook is let's say when I'm creating a custom audience and it's a, a Chevy, the new Chevy Blazer. Facebook will actually give me people that are interested in and like the Chevy Blazer. So it's not just like saying anyone's like Chevys. I'm going to target people that like, like the Chevy Blazer. So like Rob said, he's creating some type of demand, drumming up the audience, and then we're hitting them with the right hook in terms of like, here's the car that you're going to like. Some type of demand? It's an incredible demand. I think something interesting that I'd like to point out is that at Wheelhouse, our goal, our number one goal is to please the customer, to make their cash registers ring. So I put this all together today as though uh, old school and new school are going to fist fight, and they do argue because they both feel passionately about what they do. But ultimately, at the end of the day, they work together. They come up with the best plan for the client. Right. And it's not just you guys figuring out where to place it. You need to know what you're going to place. Ultimately, it comes down to the creatives. We are the king of this advertising world. <laughs> oh, come on. Give me, a, give me one little break. Yeah. Um, it's the image. He who controls the image controls the world. So it's people like me who has the ability to create the photograph. It's people like Joe and Pat Monahan who create the video look. It's people like us who give bums like you the material to put out there. No, right. it's, it's, I, I, of course, jest, but it really does come down to it's, it's a little bit of all of us. If we didn't have account executives out there uh, meeting with clients, selling media to them, selling creative to them, then we wouldn't have any reason to be doing creative. If we didn't have creative, we wouldn't have anything to market. So it all comes together. At Wheelhouse, we're one of the few shops that you're going to find that we can do almost all of it in-house. What we can't do in-house, we have partners who handle. So it doesn't matter to me what you're looking to market or how you're looking to market it. I just want you to reach out to Wheelhouse Creative. Like us on Facebook. Visit us on the web. Call us if you want to. Heck, just stop by. Bring donuts. Rob and Ty both look hungry. Thanks for tuning in to the coffee break. Call, call me. <laughs> Call Rob Van Dyne. Thanks for tuning in to the Coffee Break. We'll catch you next time on our creative podcast.